0: The Shortcoat Podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Shortcoat Podcast
1: news, fresh views, helpful clues and interviews. By students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at
0: Welcome back to the shortcode podcast, the show that gives you an honest look at medical school and which is also a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Adler with me today in the SCP studio, a bountiful crop of medical students. Say hello to the drought-tolerant M2, Maddie Fitzhugh. Hello. <laughs>
2: it threw me off when you said M2 for a second. Uh, but well, I, guess I mean, I think it's time we
0: celebrate <laughs> yeah, your that's M2. Crazy. We're also joined by the evergreen M2, Chirayu Shukla. Hello. We have the lovely perennial MD student, Aline Sanduke.
3: Oh. Uh-huh. Thank you. And
0: she's hardy in Zone 5. It's MD, PhD student, Hannah Vannert.
3: Hi.
1: <laughs> I don't know being hardy is the most. <laughs> I think I got the short end of that stick. Thank you. Hi, Dave.
0: Somebody always does.
1: <laughs> hardy in Zone 5. I. That's, that's what is like, Zone 5?
0: That's the, the whatever, the USDA uh, zones for plants. Got
1: it. Got it. It's oh. the whole crops
0: metaphor. Got yeah.
1: it. I'm going to take that as I'm resilient. You're resilient. Thank, Thank you. Mm. Yes. A compliment.
0: Don't forget it, you're dead.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Shirayu, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so yeah, I'm Shirayu. I'm from all over. So I was born in India and then I moved to Utah when I was four. Then I moved to Maine when I was eight and then I've been in Iowa since I was 12. I went to college at Iowa State, majored in biology and psychology and My biggest reason for getting into medical school is I still have a lot of family in India and they live in like poor rural like village areas. So I saw the disparity between healthcare here and healthcare there. And that's kind of what got me into medicine and got me more interested. And the more I started going into the field, the more I liked, oh, this is one of the only fields I don't find. I like the aspect of learning something new every day and I like dealing with people. So did you consider other fields? I mean, you know, I looked at engineering. I looked at, I wanted to, there was a short period of time where I wanted to be in something like sports related, but then I'm not athletic enough, uh, so here I am.
3: You are wearing a white polo, so you're
1: halfway there. (laughs) And joggers. And joggers. (laughs) Trey, are your parents academics?
4: No, so my parents, my mom is a homemaker, she, Mm -hmm. and my dad... Uh, My dad went to college, but in India, it's only three years there. Mm -hmm. So it was uh, he kind of worked his way up to the point where he's at. But he he works in I.T. and I saw his job and I was like, okay, that's not where I'm going.
1: Have you tried turning it off and back on?
4: (laughs) Doesn't work most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what I wanted to talk about
0: this week. Medicine is not a static profession. Not only are there always new things to learn. But the profession, the culture, and the people change too. Sometimes change happens because accreditation bodies force that change. Like the last time they insisted that schools combine clinical experiences and scientific content, so they weren't as siloed as they were before. Sometimes things change when a new generation of students enter the profession and insists that the old ways no longer or never did serve students. So I'm wondering, my question to you is, what... Kinds of things do you think about that you would like to change in medicine or medical education?
1: Mm. A lot, I think.
3: I just read an op-ed actually, uh, or an editorial that was written by, like, kind of a famous psychiatrist at Iowa. He retired and he actually works at the VA now. His name's uh, Don Black, and oh, um, sure, yeah. Do you know Don Blind? Yeah, I met him. Yeah, I'm a big fan. He's really cool. He's written a lot of books. I think like his big claim to fame is studying different personality disorders and like specifically antisocial, and narcissistic personality disorders. But anyway, he wrote an editorial a couple of years ago about how there's just not enough humanities and literature and art and medicine. And I mean,
0: pretty, well, that's why I love him.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, he is validating everything that yeah. you guys do mm-hmm. here specifically. But like, he made a pretty bold claim of it's all trash. Like, you should just burn <laughs> it down and start again. And, uh. you know, because he references, I mean, not quite that dramatic, but he does reference like the Flexner Report. And that's uh. why medical education mm-hmm. so science heavy is because of this infamous report that was written a million years ago. Do you know that
1: Hardin Library, they have our results from that report? There's a little pamphlet oh. in Hardin mm. and we did not do great <laughs> back in 18, 18- whatever it was. Interesting. Yeah, mm. we've been around a lot. Like, i always mm. been around a long time. So
0: if it's so... If you don't know what the Flexner Report is, it is the incredibly influential report by an education specialist in the early 20th century. And he wasn't a physician. He you know, wasn't a scientist. He was just a, an education guy, but he was tasked by this sort of shady cabal of medical schools, prominent medical schools, to fix medicine. And medical education. And so he went to all these schools and he studied them. And his report was basically like, these guys are all idiots. They're not focused on science. They're all focused on pseudoscience. And what we should do is completely reform medical education such that science is the only thing that is studied in medical school. And within a very short amount of time... Like a whole shitload of medical schools Mm -hmm. basically closed Mm -hmm. as a direct result of this report, which you could argue kind of makes sense. I mean, you know, you need science to actually know medicine. But unfortunately, what it did was it completely stripped away any other disciplines that might be helpful to physicians. And so that's why in this day and age, up until I would say like the beginning of the 21st century. There was so much science and so little humanities and so little of other disciplines that, again, could help the profession. So that's the Flexner Report.
3: Yeah, Stay tuned for the Black Report about how there should be more humanities.
0: Right. I mean, well, and also the other I mean, you said black and it just reminded me that one of the other things it did was it pretty much completely eliminated medical education for students of color.
1: Or women or or anybody that's poor. Or basically anyone that wasn't. A white rich man that came from a privileged family. Yeah. Really? Yeah, totally. Because you had a lot of what it also did is it increased the education requirements. So that was kind of the foundation of you need to have a bachelor's degree or it was some sort of like Mm. equivalent education. Like you couldn't have just come in straight from medical school because one of the other problems is there would be these like smaller, quote unquote, medical schools that would train a bunch of poke scientists. I mean, they were, to be fair, they were also like still teaching bloodletting on I mean, all of mean, medical education bullshit.
0: was not great yeah. in the early 20th century. That's what's important to remember about But
1: that. then what it ended up doing then was having this prior education requirement. So not only did you have to go to like high school and you had to have some form of basic science training as well in order to get into medical school. So that was mm-hmm. like one of the also foundations of we're going to kick women or... And just anybody that wasn't a rich white man who couldn't afford who to couldn't go afford to school for medical the barrier school, right? for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah, we were at the writing university. We were here at the University of Iowa. They build themselves as the Writing University. Iowa Writers' Workshop is based here, and just about every college has a writing program. And so, we were among the first here at Iowa to have a writing program, which evolved into the Writing and Humanities program. And yeah, lots of other schools have sort of started doing these things now too, which is great.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, I've, you know, my first year here, I kind of noticed that it's so easy to get bogged down by all the science. And, you know, we have medicine in society and we have caps, but those things are just pass fail. And so it's so easy to just not put any importance on it when you're Mm -hmm. spending a week studying science. And, you know, it's tough. Like it got so bad that one time I had a dream about ion channels. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just one night I just I was dreaming about ions going through a channel and Okay, but hard. which
1: ones <laughs> okay. Yeah. I
3: think potassium for
1: sorry but. I did cardiac arrhythmia research and yeah. potassium channels are my fave yeah. you are the biggest nerd on earth Hannah. It's amazing
0: <laughs> when you get asked during your, your interview what's your favorite ion channel you'll have it ready oh uh,
1: <laughs> yep I have it it's the one that keeps your heart from going but buzz- I mean they all kind of do but <laughs> 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 it's my fave <laughs> sorry keep going
4: yeah no but you know it's so hard to stay focused on that being a human part mm-hmm. of things. You know, like, we'll have lectures about intro to the healthcare system or, like, how to talk to patients, but then we're really not tested over that, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. the only question we've ever had about, like, intro to the healthcare system is, when was Medicare passed? You know, and the options were, like, 61, 62, 64, 65. <laughs> so <laughs> bastards. It's like, yeah, it was yep. like, you're asking us <laughs> trivia instead of asking us about the things that really matter. Yeah. You know? And you <laughs> yeah. see that, and it's like, when you go to a doctor, right, you're not... You assume that we have the knowledge or like yeah. they have the knowledge. What differentiates like a good doctor and a not a good one is how good you are at dealing with patients. And the ones yeah. that are more empathetic and can actually deal with patients are hands down, I'd rather go to them. Even if they don't know what they're talking about, as long as they're <laughs> nice to
2: me, you know? I prefer
4: them to but you, you know, like I'm not yeah. as a layman, I'm not gonna know for the difference between like minor things. So right? the right. message
0: so the message here is if you're not sure if you're going to be a good doctor uh, uh, scientifically. Focus, you know, like just forget all that and learn how to be a human. Yeah. Fake Patients it will love you. Yeah, fake I, till you make it. And I think it's like, no, that's not.
1: <laughs> I think it's more, at least, how I've always viewed it because I don't have a great memory. Do I at least know where I could look to find it? And to mm-hmm. me, and I think a lot of education specialists would agree that l- learning how to learn or learning where to find things is maybe more important than having just this like book of knowledge in your brain
0: because let's face it that yeah. book of knowledge is going to be out of date
1: real quick it's always changing yeah, so, yeah you especially know, as immunologists something now you're
4: not gonna like it'll be irrelevant in a couple yeah. of years anyway and I yeah. just
1: know from like personal experiences like within my family and also just if you just look at like basic humanity that treating people like people goes a long way mm, exactly. and it keeps people coming back and it helps you build relationships with people and i think everyone would prefer to work
3: with a competent, nice person than an abrasive genius, I think, hands down. I've never heard anyone be like, yeah, I'd love to be treated like shit every day <laughs> to get someone who got 100% on their test instead of 90%. Yeah. Totally. As long as
4: they're smart, yeah. who cares? Yeah. I mean, if, if you've gone through medical school and if you've passed, then you know what, yeah. like you have the knowledge, like everyone has the knowledge yeah. is how you treat people. That The
3: process is yeah. tight. It yeah. doesn't let people progress who shouldn't. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's here belongs here. And if you're, <laughs> I know, like, it's really hard to push away the imposter syndrome. But the fact is, it would be dangerous to let people practice medicine yeah. who didn't have any business. And some mm-hmm. people do slip through, yeah. but we're not them. There's some, like, true, I don't know, imposters, but not us.
4: I mean, there's a lot of effort you have to put in just to get here. As hard as it's hard to be here it's even harder to pass when you are here if you're passing you did something right you deserve to be
3: exactly yeah
2: yeah what else
4: would we like to change about medical education
2: so in mass our medicine and society class my group did a project about improving lgbtq Mm -hmm. plus health literacy Mm -hmm. and so yeah we found out we did a bunch of research because like you have to for the project and stuff and it takes 36 hours of education to be considered competent in caring for, like, that patient population. And the average medical school time is, like, I can't remember exactly, so don't quote me on this, but I think it's, like, four or five hours oh, yeah, out of 36. Yeah. And so we, like, made this whole project on, like, proposing how to change the curriculum at Carver specifically to, you know, improve that mm-hmm. number. But
3: it's totally very it. specialized knowledge. There's a reason yeah. that... Like there are people who, yeah, specialize in that. Is it? Well, so one thing I looked up for my class is that...
0: This class?
3: For my class, my the, sexual violence the class. The class that
0: you taught, the sexual violence, <laughs> that or that you... That
3: I course directed and coordinated as a roadie for the actual talent. There was a lot of work for sure, but it was really fun. But one topic we thought about including was, you know, LGBTQ care, especially for uh, LGBTQ victims of sexual mm-hmm. violence, right? And something I read, which I thought was really interesting... Is that uh, trans men, if they haven't undergone you know reconstructive surgery, like they still need cervical cancer mm-hmm. screening. If they still have a cervix, they need that screening because they can still get cancer. But like specifically related to the forensic exam, trans men who've been on testosterone for a long time, testosterone causes vaginal atrophy. Mm -hmm. So you have to use a pediatric speculum. Otherwise, it's way too painful Mm -hmm. to do a forensic exam or a pelvic exam. So it's like the
0: the devil is in the details here.
3: They're a unique population, just like anyone else. And there are tips and tricks on how to serve them better. And there's a lot of things that could be included in medicine that isn't. Mm -hmm. And there's never enough time which stinks, but it sounds beneficial for people to hear about that.
2: Yeah, the mass course director actually came and listened to our presentation and was like, hey, could you email me your poster? So that was pretty exciting (sighs) because I feel like a lot of the things feel so so much like busy work in mass, Mm -hmm. our class. And so it felt rewarding to actually like maybe see something come of it.
0: There's so many problems in general in medical education, but one of the things I think that our faculty and staff do pretty well here is listening to Mm -hmm. ideas from the students they may not always take them up but they do seek them out they do seek the ideas out and the thoughts out
3: there is truly an open door policy here i think it's it's great perfectly they can't they're not always in a position to implement what they're hearing but they are curious and they will create space for people to share those ideas and that by the way just a compliment of the highest order when someone emails you to be like, hey, can you send me the thing you worked really hard on? Because I want to keep it forever. That's awesome. <laughs> That's yes, cool. yes, <laughs> I will. You're like, sure. sure. And I'll <laughs> brag about it on a podcast. You should, able, yeah. you should
0: be able to put that in your CV, you know, like yeah. as a publication.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> a, it's a white paper or, it's a white paper or a gray paper,
1: whatever they call it. Yeah. yeah, I
0: published it to somebody, to this one particular person's brain. <laughs> <It's>
1: their one <laughs> email inbox.
0: What else would we change?
1: So this goes more towards like actually just the practice of medicine. So without getting into a huge long story, my mom had some pretty severe like chronic illness issues this past, it's getting better in the last six months, but last like year and a half was really bad. And it was one of those things where we think it was like some sort of autoimmune disease. So she went to see all these specialists and basically what she ran into a lot was A, no one willing to like actually sit down and address her problems. So one of the things she was experiencing was dysphagia. So not only did she go to an ENT, a GI, and there was, I think there was also a neurologist. No one addressed her dysphagia. And it got to the point where she lost like 30 pounds because she wasn't able to eat solid food.
0: Dysphagia Mm -hmm. is when you can't swallow. Trouble swallowing,
1: yeah. No one touched it. She lost, like, it was, you could watch in her medical record, it slowly go. I mean, it was going down, and it went down pretty rapidly. And you don't have to be, an M. A new incoming M1 would say, oh, a rapid loss of 30 pounds, probably not great. And so no one touched it. A lot of people were just like...
0: Were they avoiding it, do you think? Or were they, or is it just, well, I'm focusing on my particular area
4: right now? But like
1: an ENT that's literally in their name, your mm-hmm. nose, and throat. Yeah. A neurologist, a functional motility person... Yeah. And the GI, that's also in their title. It was just so wild to me. And then she, there was just multiple experiences that she had. But what the point I'm trying to say is a holistic care. So even if you are a GI person, it is still on you to pay attention to the whole person. Because ultimately, your organ system, like I want to be an OB, still ultimately it is on me to pay attention to the whole person. Because mm-hmm. even though... I know a lot about the uterus and the ovaries and the vagina or whatever. It's still on me to you're it's part of the whole person and it's on me to take responsibility for that. And if I can't directly help them, if I don't know jack shit about the GI tract or about I mean, I know a little bit about the liver, but that's beside the point. It's on you to refer them to that person. And then also like maybe as much as possible, I know it gets really hard and really busy but keep on top of that person, like check in, making sure they're okay. And so what I'm like, the holistic approach, and then also just like treating people like a human. Like, I think we get, my mom felt really heartbroken a little bit that, you know, she was only seen as, you know, a tonsil biopsy or whatever. And so I think as much as possible, and it doesn't like the other thing that I'm saying, it's, I don't think it's that hard because one of the things that no one ever said to her was I am so sorry I don't know but I want to help you find out who can Mm -hmm. no one said that to her I think one person the neurologist I have a family friend whose dad is a neurologist and he was the one she saw but he was the only one that was like I don't know we're gonna write you all these referrals we'll check back We'll, fi- we'll figure this out. But no, none of her other specialists said that. Mm. So I think it's mm. just like humanity and just like connecting to people. And it was a scary thing for her to go through. Like she's not eating. She felt like crap. And so even, if, yeah, you're going to feel helpless. Like you as a person, And I don't want to do that. I don't want to say I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's like, can you just say, I don't know. I'm so sorry. Let me get you a nutrition consult so that you're getting some nutrients. Let me get you, you know. Let me order these things for you and I want to see you come back. Hardly no one said that to her except for the neurologist. And I was like, that was like some of the easiest shit to say. I want to see you back and I want to get to the, bottom the one of that
3: takes the least technical training. Yes, to be like, exactly.
1: I'm sorry this is happening to you. Yeah. And not blaming it on anxiety because she went to the ER once and the doctor literally said, "Yo, you're this. This looks like anxiety." And my mom was like, "I literally almost got up the gurney and choked." (laughs) (laughs) God. Yeah. So I think
0: I'll show you dysphagia.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) She was like, she had lost like forty pounds by that point, so she was just like, anyway. Damn, that's a lot. My mom ultimately lost like fifty pounds. That's a whole other person. Yeah, that's a small dog. And that's the skinniest I've ever seen her, and so she's wow. luckily getting better. But
0: autoimmune disorders are weird.
1: Well, and she got it Scary. after her Shingrix vaccine, and so I'm not. I'm oh, a shit. very pro-vax I need to get my Shingrix person. Vaccine. <laughs> very pro-vax. But what I think happened is my family. We have a little bit of underlying autoimmune stuff anyway, and so mm-hmm. our theory is that maybe that was just enough of an immunological trigger. Mm. That it, and she had chickenpox as a kid, so it's entirely possible that maybe her body attacked viral antigen. I don't know, mm. but moral of the story: she's doing much better. And the what I want to change about medicine is really do try to keep a holistic picture. Like even if it's just two minutes at the end of your visit and just ask, "How's everything else? Are you able to walk? Are you able to get around? How's your pain?" Like just simple things. And then again, yeah, try not to be afraid to say, "I don't know." But I really want to help you out, yeah. Because I think you don't have going back to you don't have to know everything, but if you just show someone that you care, and it also helps them keep. Comes what another thing she just kind of gave up on the healthcare system. She was just like, I'm not going to go back there. And she's she, a she, healthcare worker. My mom, but, yeah, she was. She worked in healthcare. She's an, an X-ray or like a radiology technician or technologist. I think they're called now. And so she did that for 15 years and now she does like more billing and coding but she's still in the health she knows how to navigate the healthcare system yeah there's just so
4: much distrust because of that
1: yeah totally
3: that's
4: what it comes down to and you don't Mm -hmm. want you don't ever want that to form
3: yeah I feel like something I hear people in the clinic here say a lot which I think is like A very nice way to communicate this, hey, I'm not sure what's going on without, I don't know, like prostrating yourself on the ground, which is probably how some doctors feel Mm -hmm. when they have to say, I don't know, because probably they said that in med school and they got pimped and someone shamed them. They're like, I'm never saying I don't know again. (laughs) But something I hear people say a lot is I'm stumped. Like, you're a very Mm -hmm. interesting person. This Mm -hmm. is a very interesting case. I'm going to call some people and see what I can find out. But the other thing I hear people say is you're not following the rules. Like you, you <laughs> didn't read the textbook. Oh, know? I it's thought like they were joke. like
1: patient shaming. I'm like, no. tell me who those people are. <laughs> Sorry, I, I should have
3: said that I'm better. But just I was at a like an m M&M, and M I I think, and someone, a morbidity and mortality conference. Mm-hmm. Where people discuss their medical mistakes. And someone's talking about a tumor that they resected, and she said, "This didn't follow the rules. It did, this cancer didn't read the textbook." And I was like, "Oh, what a funny way to mm-hmm. say that! Like, I know how this should have gone. This was just very unusual." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm sorry that happened
1: well, to your mom. Well, I'm glad she's feeling one. Totally off the. It's kind of on topic. We do have them, but there's things called like navigators that basically, because you're seeing so many specialists that. It can be very overwhelming or just like frustrating. Like at one point, they weren't sending like test results to another doctor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she was and she's sick. It's hard for her to manage all of this. And like I said, she's illiterate in the healthcare care system. Can you imagine if you didn't speak English or if you had no idea about the healthcare care system or know about referrals or anything?
0: You were just like a normal person. If you
1: were a normal yeah. person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one thing I think that would be a better idea, and I know the VA does it somewhat. And I think we have kind of at this larger academic medical centers is hiring these people to manage and basically saying, oh, hey, I say doctor wrote you an order to see you back in six weeks. Let me schedule that for you. A social worker. Yes, essentially a social worker. Yeah, just someone who helps you manage, especially when you're chronically ill like that. I think that would be a huge... I think that would maybe go a long way to like getting the people to the doctor or the provider. Because that's honestly, that's more than half the battle. I think she just got really fed up with it. But she's doing better. She's still... Not 100%, but she's doing a lot better. She's gaining weight. So...
0: Listeners, if you ask us a question, it means that I don't have to make something up to talk about on the show. And the show becomes what you want it to be. So send your questions to theshortcoats at gmail.com or leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. A recent study in JAMA Pediatrics builds on others that have found a link between burnout and depression and mistreatment in medical school. This one has found a link between mistreatment and medical school attrition. And it may offer an explanation for why the number of non-white students have been declining in recent years. 20,000 students who started school in 2014 and 2015 were asked about their experiences of mistreatment and discrimination by faculty, staff, and other students. The surveys asked about instances of public humiliation, physical harm, and threats of harm, denied opportunities, receiving lower grades and evals than their peers, and offensive remarks about race, ethnicity, or gender. Those who reported no mistreatment left medical school at a rate of about 1.2%. Those who said they'd experienced recurring mistreatment left at a rate of 4.1%. There were higher attrition rates for with mistreatment for all sexes, races, ethnicities, except for Asian students. Students who were underrepresented in medicine and who experienced mistreatment had the highest attrition rates. Kind of not surprising at all, but also these are the kinds of things that I think you need to continually look at
3: and and do the math and like
0: right like we really, can all
3: say we have the impression, but to do it rigorously and to have an accepted peer reviewed study on it. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. No, but
0: also schools need to continuously gather this this information as best they can to sort of understand what's happening in this space. We in medical education get all bent out of shape, and people have to leave people. Decide to drop out or whatever. Or, oh, why are why is this happening? And it might. And it's probably tempting to go. Well, that's that. that individual person's mm. experience, or maybe there was a fault with that person. Maybe they didn't study hard enough. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they had problems elsewhere, and it just interfered with their medical education. But that's the easy. Those are the easy explanations. The harder explanation is it's our fault mm. when these things happen.
1: Yeah I don't know what the process of what I'm kind of thinking of is I know we have the promotions committee so if you flunk a class or if you get in trouble you have to go before the promotions committee and I was thinking about maybe using that as like a can we keep an eye on at risk people or like how can we use that as a way of intervening and maybe preventing that and then also what Aline was saying keeping track of who exactly because yeah it is easy to be like oh well that student left and we you know I don't think we have that many kids at our school leave per year Mm. but you know not just saying oh this is a one-off because it's maybe it's probably not maybe it's not and maybe I don't know much about the promotions committee but I wonder if it would be a nice opportunity for some trusted faculty members or people that are on the committee to sit and be like Really, what was the issue? Was this studying? Yeah. Yeah. Will you please tell us if anyone said anything to you? Can you please just, and I don't know, because that also does require a large degree of trust, right? If I feel slighted by the medical school, I don't know how open I'm going to be. I don't know how well that would work. Sometimes when you've been screwed over pretty Mm -hmm. hard by a
3: system, It's like cutting out a cancer like you go beyond the margins even people who might be good you're like I can't take the risk I'm too vulnerable.
1: I wonder if you could say hey you bring an advocate with you to this meeting you bring someone that you feel trusted like maybe. They actually allow that. They do okay. For promotions yeah. Because I wonder if that would also if I was in trouble I have a couple faculty that I feel comfortable going to or even some like older students and saying like hey I can't I don't know how to talk about this, but you know my story. Will you come with me? Well, there's
0: and you know, so that's promotions, Mm -hmm. and I agree that's a great place to to ask questions Mm -hmm. like this. But there are other people who, you know, they don't get in trouble, Mm -hmm. they don't fail a course, they don't they don't have outward problems, but they have experienced multiple uh, things in this area where they're basically they're like, well, I don't belong here. Mm -hmm. That's the message that they get, and so they. Or it causes them enough distress that they're not achieving the things that they want to achieve. And so they just decide to drop out. I think the other problem for, and you know, like every school wants to be more diverse. We do live in Iowa. And so it's really hard. It's probably harder for us to gather numbers that would be statistically significant in that. We're not a
3: big state to begin with. All right. of Iowa is 3,000 people. Yeah. That's less people than live in Washington, D.C. How many people? Three million.
1: Oh, Oh, live in D.C.?
3: Oh, did I say 3,000? I'm sorry. (laughs) I meant 3,000 pigs per person.
1: (laughs) uh, I was like, 3,000 people in Iowa? Sorry. (laughs) 3 million, sorry.
0: I'm literally looking at pigs per person. It's like 3 to 1. Yeah, I
1: have
2: seen that. 3
3: to 5 to 1. So we better hope they don't learn how to vote. (laughs) I mean,
1: maybe they will, will lean our way. You know what? We tend per- to have more vegans and vegetarians.
3: <laughs> <laughs> They'll remember.
1: <laughs> it's like the eat more chicken commercial. No, yeah, Chick Fil A commercial. <laughs> so so yeah, kind of on that topic of diversity, I'm in my PhD training right now, and the mstv actually runs like a other. It's called the summer program, but basically what happens is undergrad students that go to smaller, like liberal arts schools or just smaller colleges will spend summers at larger academic institutions to get research experience over the summers. And so the MSTP runs the summer program, SUMR, and then there's also, I think like the graduate college runs something called RU students Mm. uh, or RU program. And so basically I was talking to this undergrad student who's from Maryland and then Florida, and she was asking me about the diversity here. And I, I'm white. And I was like, well, the only thing that I've maybe have a quote unquote disadvantage is I'm female or I'm a woman. And I'm like, I can't really speak to that. I've heard, you know, there's a couple stories on campus that I have heard. And she's, well, is the, is your graduate program, like is the graduate program in immunology? Like how, have you, how do you see diversity there? She's like, I've heard it's better over in the college of medicine. And I was like. I just don't know. I don't know. I know a couple of the stories that I've heard, but day to day, I'm not sure. And so I tried to hook her up with some other women of color who are in our program. But that's something that, yeah, I just don't know enough about. What you're saying is, hey, thanks to
3: this person for doing the study, because apparently we need more studies like this. Yeah. Well,
1: and am sure we were talking about, well, it's Iowa. Like, it's... No. I Just at know, baseline, man. it's not hugely diverse. And then I think that is a feedback loop. I think we don't get many diverse applicants. We don't get many diverse faculty because and I've heard of some really awful things that people have like instances of racism that people have even at the grocery store. Like there was an older MD student who she was walking out of the grocery store at high V, which is like out where I live and is like not where you would expect it. And someone screamed at her, go back to where you came from. And so, I think it's just a huge feedback loop, too. Like a mm. it's really hard, and it's something that we need to work on in terms of increasing diversity, but all like increasing diversity for the benefit of students, but also for the benefit of our community and education.
0: You know, one limitation of this study is that, you know, the authors, probably weren't able to collect data from people who had already left. Mm. I didn't read. I don't remember like at what points they delivered this. There were multiple points mm. that they delivered this, these surveys. But it's possible the people who left didn't fill out the second survey or whatever. And so they weren't captured by the data as having left.
3: Yeah. You know what? they. So there's do. more.
0: There's probably the attrition rate is actually probably, probably higher. higher. Yeah. I
3: think the best people to be in charge of this should be the ombuds. Hmm. Because I don't think they even keep records, which like, you know, I don't think they do. Yeah, so you'd have to create some kind of HIPAA system to like be Mm. able to create. Because what I'm what we're talking about really is like an exit interview. You know, when you quit a job, good places to work usually will like.
0: I think they do that. And when a student leaves university, students don't just ghost med school, you know, like, I don't think that's how that works, generally speaking. So I think there is some sort of exit interview. What happens during that exit interview, I'm not aware of. I I also know that, you know, we have this mistreatment policy, obviously, Mm -hmm. probably most schools do. We have a a easy way to, I think, an easy way to report mistreatment. I mean, it's in every, it's in every ICON course webpage. It's in every ICON clerkship webpage. Um, I will
3: say. It's part of the
0: student handbook. It's part of the educator's handbook that we have. And so there are ways to report this mistreatment. I'm certain that anonymity would be an issue for somebody reporting mistreatment, Mm -hmm. at least for some people reporting mistreatment. So it'd probably be hard to link, you know, a report of mistreatment to a departure.
3: I will say I've I feel asked at multiple intervals if. I'm being made to feel unwelcome or if anyone's making any remarks that are making me uncomfortable. So it's not to say that it's not happening but I do feel like that has been a problem in the past and I think it's probably not perfect but I do feel like CECOM does create a lot of resources like these anonymous reporting forms, and I think clerkship directors have been made aware that, hey, you should at least meet the students on the first day and just let them know who you are and let them know where your office is so that if they have a problem, they know how to come to you. And I know for one of my recent (laughs) two-weekers for the mid-clerkship meeting, you like fill out this form to be like, oh, here's why I'm not doing a good job. Here's what I want to work on, whatever. I didn't fill it out and I felt a little nervous because we had a meeting with the clerkship director. And uh, I was like, I'm so sorry I didn't do this. He was like, can I tell you the truth? the whole point of this is just to create an opportunity for you to let me know if you're having like like interpersonal issues. Like you're working hard, I see you guys, you're on the wards, that's fine. I just want you I just want to know if anyone's being mean to you and I'm
0: another opportunity to let people know that things aren't going the way they should be.
3: Yeah, in preclinical like we have to fill out evaluations
2: Mm -hmm. for every single lecture basically. And there's always at the bottom like a little box to check for mistreatment. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it's that's in a lot
0: of places, which is nice. Shortcoats, if you're enjoying our conversation today, I'd be grateful if you'd let people know by posting a story on Instagram or Facebook or tweeting about us. And don't forget to tag us in your post.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Look, you medical students. AI is coming to take our jobs. <laughs> all of our jobs. It's coming. And once that happens, I'm sure we'll have a universal basic income.
3: I would love a vacation. And all will be well. <laughs> that's great.
0: But in the meantime there are lots of silly things that you can do with ai for an example an ai called dolly mini is hot right now dolly mini takes a text description of an image that you would like to see and creates several images based on that description i had a way too much fun with this um, yesterday and today oh my God, and awesome. if you want to play along you can visit our instagram or watch this segment on youtube tomorrow <laughs> when it comes out my question for you dear co-host is if i show you the images. I suggested to Dolly Mini, "Can you identify the text prompt?" Let's take a look at the first image. Okay. Don't look at the text box at the top.
1: Oh, I can't oh. even see. It. Oh, I can't read cool. it. That.
0: Yeah, don't look at that. I meant to. I meant to crop it. So okay, what's nice. in the
1: top, le- the very top left? It looks like medical student eating apple off of a fork. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know what else. Some of the other uh, apples look like hearts. Yeah, yeah, some of the hearts look. yep, yeah, that's it.
4: I read it like instantly. So I- oh. Don't say it. I'm just gonna recuse Try myself. Try. Don't spoil the
1: game.
4: I'll not.
0: <laughs> Any guesses? What was the text prompt? What did I? What did I ask Dolly
3: <laughs> Mini? What rituals do med students engage in for good grades? <laughs> <laughs> if I eat the heart of a Sacrifice good med me. student, I'll become a good med <laughs> student.
1: <laughs> oh no, where'd the heart for the heart transplant go? Not Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah, I don't know. I'm stumped. This is, uh, Mine are all too literal. Witchcrafted in not. med school. Yeah.
0: Uh, I feel like Aline was very close. Well,
1: because I eat hearts. Okay. So, oh, yeah. hold on. Wait. I have an issue with this now. It's medical student eating human heart. These are all men.
0: Interesting. Mm. And, this, yeah, and this is the problem that you run into with these kinds of things that Very they're focused on. I mean, the training, the what you get out of it is entirely dependent on what you what it was get into. It. Now, yeah. I should say the Dolly Mini is a miniature version of Dali, which has a an abbreviated training set
1: as oh, i understand right. it,
0: in order to make it usable on on the web this these so each, like why
1: was their default men though
0: well each of these images took about 2 minutes to generate i'm assuming they would take a lot more but i'm but saying I, when I you're agree.
1: training it why is your default men well, i don't know you know there's a really it
0: also depend i mean all of this all of these images i as i understand it, were gathered from the internet
1: i was going to say sure for like
4: ghost was, stock images look up doctors like, doctor, like oh, the, that's human. true If you look at just Dr. Stock image, it'd be.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's call out this
3: patriarchy right here, right now. (laughs) This is a thing, apparently, like an issue people have a lot with AI is that a lot of AI algorithms, like once they're let free, they become racist very quickly. (laughs)
0: Racist and evil.
3: Yeah. And it's because they're drawing their knowledge from our collective knowledge. So like our stereotypes become their stereotypes. Right.
0: What we put on the Internet isn't always great.
3: Yeah, it's like a toilet bowl yes. that everyone shits into. I
0: think that was the most perfect
3: analogy. <laughs> yeah, I've, that was great. I'm not doing a good job. Today.
0: All right, let's look at the next one. While how's your Google search? So, Hannah, I'll try to not fix this.
4: Yeah.
1: So basically, you do see some women, but it's like the first doctor is actually an African American male in a coat. The next one is a so basically it's all men. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then the next two are women, and then you have to go 8, 9, 10, 11. So basically, it's, there's a representation there, but it's... But your Google is trained on you. Oh, so. shit. Oh,
3: true. Wait, let's go to no, in Look how really woke just- you are. The very first one was a black doctor. Good for you. <laughs> Good
1: for you, Hannah. <laughs> okay, you have to cut that. <laughs> <have> to cut that. <laughs> no no okay so we're incognito mode what do you got
4: (laughs) i kind of don't want to say now because i (laughs) I have an old white man the first first image literally just it's old white
1: dude oh okay there's this one that keeps coming up for me even in incognito mode it's a woman as in a doc in a physician's coat with a gun to her head which i think says a lot about the state of medicine today yeah but yeah the first one two three four five six are men i don't know i still get some females on here Okay. Even in incognito mm. mode, you can't fool Google, man mm. Let's try the next one. Oh. I feel like oh. it's babies. <gasps>
3: babies, and then a rat-child hybrid in the middle.
4: Is it? <laughs> is it baby as a doctor? Baby
3: yeah. playing with stethoscope. Baby doctor.
4: Yeah, a baby doctor. Mm. That was the. Oh, oh. That, was that. The nailed it. Wow, killing it. One for one. Yeah,
0: you're doing great so far. Let's try the next one. <laughs> These
1: are terrifying.
0: Oops. Oh, a baby doctor. This one you might have to get a little closer. Feel free to get up and... Uh- From
2: here it looks like cornbread. or Yeah, cornbread. It looks like lemons to me, actually.
3: Some of them. Uh, Is it just I rolls? Bread. Like uh. bread? Dinner S- rolls on a pan? Yeah, that's... Maybe...
1: So I don't
0: know. Maybe this wasn't as successful. This is a baker offering a tray of brain muffins.
4: Mm. <laughs> well, I wonder if I thought
1: you meant bran muffins. of corrected
4: for because
1: none of those look like brains. Yeah, no, to me. I would so not. get real there. close, you We're can right see, there. you can oh, see uh, some gyri. Uh, uh, but, yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah. Gyri or sulci or those it's okay.
0: pronounced heli
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's
1: been so long since I've taken anything medical related. Okay,
0: let's try the next one. Don't look.
1: <laughs> kidney, 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 art. kidney.
0: Definitely some kidneys there.
1: Kidney, knife. kidney biopsy. Is oh. a, I'll give you a hint. There is an
0: action. There are things. There is an action. There's here. a
1: lot of knives. Is or that, yeah, I like biopsy. kidney surgery
0: or kidney doing
1: kidney, kidney removal. Kidney, kidney replacement. Dream, uh, I, I think you're not
0: going fancifully enough. Maybe mm.
1: the kidneys revolt. Well, it's not the kidney. Kidneys action. dancing.
4: Is it fighting something? Oh,
1: kidneys jousting.
4: Mm-hmm. It looks like it's fighting.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, you got it right. Human kidney fighting a urologist with a sword.
1: Wow, that was okay. great. To be fair, the kidney. Okay, there's one kidney that's holding a sword, but yeah, everything else say. is a doctor doing the mm-hmm. thing to the kidney. The
4: well, funny thing, I think this yeah. one is just a kidney and then a hand holding
1: a sword. Nice. <laughs> nice. It's
4: not even like the kidneys holding it. Nice. <laughs> All right, let's try the next one.
1: Is that a liver? What is that?
4: Okay.
1: Shirayu, what is that? Is it a lung? I have organ hats. Doctors wearing organs for hats. The latest fashions. <laughs> <laughs> so organ surgical scrub caps.
4: I don't think. Oh. I don't think, oh, I don't think that's an. That looks like some type of meat.
3: Oh,
1: well, hence liver.
4: Is yeah, it? Yeah, that just, looks like. Also, it what's up wearing, with their teeth? Is it someone's <laughs> wearing some type scary. of meat as? Like a, I don't know. It looks like a hat.
1: Yeah, I'll give
0: it to you. Uh, it's a, a nurse wearing a steak hat.
4: Oh, <laughs>
2: oh. oh. I mean,
3: you know, only this. Also, one, these though. are all uh, there. I know. I was just about to say that. Yeah, they're all women. I mean, Dang. don't men wear steak hats? Are <laughs> Aren't there? This mer- AI needs to check its personal biases.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: all right, let's try the next one. This is
1: oh medical students podcasting,
0: uh-huh. except there's a little twist in there that I don't think Dolly did well, and that is a podcast host prescribing some drugs to a medical student.
1: Oh no, no, uh-huh. no. you yeah, would never. There's yeah. nothing in there, but yeah,
4: medical student. We'll, I'll give it to you. Is that like a little ziploc bag in
1: <laughs> drugs?
4: <laughs>
1: Here, have some drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that to medical students.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was prescribing. We were. It, was, will. So, it was, this was from a universe where this is allowed for me to prescribe People drugs.
1: People will take you up on it. All right. <laughs> Just because you
3: use the right word doesn't make it okay.
0: Oh, okay. All right. All right. Let's try this one
1: oh, money eating hungry. Money. Oh. A money sink? A money pit?
3: I mean, that one guy in the right is right hand corner is wearing a. Money gown hmm. looks like
4: bottom right looks like she's eating the money.
3: Money grubbers, money. I think money hungry is the best yeah. guess so far.
0: Yeah, the I mean, you've got the money part, but that's same <laughs> same. <laughs> the dollar bills kind of give that away though. Look at the people in the picture.
1: Money sick, healthcare is expensive, okay, and corrupt oh. in this country. Okay. Yeah.
0: I would say that is about right. Uh, a very sick person pays. A hospital a oh. million dollars. Uh,
1: What's up with that woman eating all the money? Then? I don't she's vomiting it. I think she's puking yeah. it. Uh, no, no. no. Everyone's, all, right. all I think of is... Never mind. I'll tell you off. Like, this made
3: me feel racist. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. I
1: was like, I feel like I'm at... This is like a Trump rally or like a Proud Boy <laughs> Man,
3: poor, poor just, white guys. They just can't get a break these days. Jeez.
0: So what we're looking at here is a grid of white Men older,
1: mustaches and like
0: beards, anyone's all dead. wearing blue for some reason, they're and they look very happy. happy in, yeah. And in two of them, looks like they're getting an award and receiving awards. I guess Yeah.
1: white men taking good idea from woman in room claiming <laughs> yeah. it as his own. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, no, this is the action. Not, not all of you are wrong.
1: <laughs> ah. <laughs> Dave Vettler receives good news. Okay, it is kind of funny right now though because you are wearing a bluish gray shirt. I mean You are (laughs) That's right. This AI's good. This AI nailed you.
3: It's also it's I mean it's got the facial hair, like you. Mm -hmm. Some of them are one or two of them are wearing glasses, like you. They have white ish (laughs) hair, like you.
0: I, I mean, know these other days. and that they're all is. a little bit chubby.
3: <laughs> I don't, I, I don't see, I don't,
0: don't see, see that. I don't see weight. I'm weight blind. <laughs> all right, next.
1: Oh, Santa Claus. Santa Claus goes Santa to the,
0: the doctor. A, so we have yeah. a grid of Santa Claus, basically. There's Santa Claus in every frame. Uh, Christmas
3: doctor. I mean, it's probably not great for your back to deliver presents to the whole earth in
1: mm-hmm. one night. Mm-hmm.
0: So you have to go see a doctor. Okay.
1: Santa. Santa Claus delivering you your medical degree for Christmas.
0: Oh, Ooh. I would say that's not bad. Oh. It is Santa Claus giving a <gasps> wow. medical student an A plus on wow. her exam. Wow. That's impressive. You're I, as I, good
1: as AI, Hannah. I, <laughs> oh boy.
0: And I did use her.
1: Thank you. And, yeah, oh, there's of lot. And there's hers. women. So it's funny because it's probably some of the them,
0: only reason why.
1: <laughs> it's funny because in some of them, the medical students are also wearing Santa Claus hats. Yeah. So, but in some of them, they're not. They're, so I think that's hmm. interesting.
0: Clearly. Enjoying the holidays. All right, lung bags,
1: lung
0: Is it a? Yeah, we've got a grid of medical people carrying our bags. lung
1: transplant, lung carrying bags
0: that look a transport? lot like they have stickers of lungs on them or something. Yeah. Well. <laughs>
3: This looks like something that you pulled off like AliExpress.com. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like the product of the bag? Yeah,
3: yeah. There's some very fashionable teenagers somewhere in the world that are like, I love that bag. <laughs> I want that bag." <laughs> want fashion now. <laughs> I want that bag. This latest in the Har- Harajuku district. <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> the, like ultra fashionable district in, in Tokyo.
0: All right. Well, I'll put you out of your misery. A medical student student carrying a lung shaped briefcase.
3: I don't. Th- uh, no. No. no, that one failed. I yeah. mean, yeah. Mm. I, the problem is no one knows what a briefcase. Who uses briefcases anymore? These I
0: briefcases are very large. Also, <laughs> they're yeah, very, and yeah. some yeah. of them
3: look like an actual
1: backpack. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: All right. Next one.
1: Oh, bad news X rays. This one
0: is. This one is more. I, this one is like something very much that you would see. So that's not, not fanciful.
2: It's just, just, it's just, looks just like, like a broken fracture. Leg. Yeah, Yeah, like like pretty
0: yeah, yeah. much. Yeah. It's an x-ray yeah, of a broken femur. Yeah. 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 I think it's interesting. It, it knows what an x-ray
4: is.
1: That's good. Mm. It and it knows, knows what, what a femur, a femur is. is. I, just, I just
4: don't know what this is. Which one? Here. The middle left.
1: Also, the top left, there looks like there's two bones <laughs> and then that weird bar. Yeah.
3: Mm.
1: And then also, what is... Oh, I, I think some of these are... They're not frontal images because I think some of them are stacked if you take the x-ray from the side oh yeah I think that's what it is
0: I don't know how many my
1: mom would be horrified (laughs) by my use of anatomical (laughs) she's so ashamed of you yeah also, you know, maybe anatomy professors uh, and yeah, this, just
4: <laughs> <laughs> having nightmares. Oh, he's <laughs> like, oh, putting this
1: on your permanent record yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got sagittal and I got coronal. That's about all I got. <laughs> Actually, those are the two ones. Yeah, yeah I'm that, good. That's I'm good. Pretty good. good.
0: Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Well, that's our show. Maddie, Aline, Hannah, Shirayu, Dave. Thanks for being on the show with me today.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: For
4: Thank us, you. Thank
1: you. It's and
0: fun. What, and what kind of Tania Pedis, would I be if I didn't thank you, shortcoats, for making us a part of your week. If you're new here and you like what you heard today, follow the show wherever fine podcasts are available. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Our editor this week is Zach Fleischacker. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine, student government, and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Katmosphere. I'm Dave Edler saying don't let the bastards get you down. Talk to you in one week.